0: Do you think work can change the world do you have a little rebel in you if you said yes this is your podcast you don't have to settle for bad management bad leadership and bad workplaces there are better ways let's find them together i'm your host stash d walsh and this is insubordinate better workplaces better world not everyone wants to be a leader or a manager Where do these individual contributors fit in? Welcome back. Thank you, as always, for listening. We've talked a lot on this podcast about management, about leadership, about quiet quitting, about the differences between those things and how they relate to one another. But what about people who aren't managers or leaders, people who don't see themselves in those roles, but still want to contribute something valuable to the organization today? We'll look at three things individual contributors bring to organizations. And stick around to the end, as we'll also have three tips for managing and leading individual contributors. But let's start with this individual contributors are the lifeblood of organizations. Let me pause here for a moment for a quick word on how we define organization on this podcast. In essence, an organization is any group that incorporates to accomplish a common goal. This could be a nonprofit. be government a school any corporate applications or something that comes together and then goes away like a fundraiser we want to define the term organization very broadly because all the principles of management leadership employee engagement and other topics we cover on this podcast apply directly to those groups whether they're a group that comes together for a week or for several hundred years ultimately All those groups have some sort of common goal they're trying to achieve and people who come together to try to achieve it. But nothing gets accomplished without people who are willing to do it. Leadership is not the art of getting people to do things they don't want to do. Management is not coercing people with carrots and sticks toward desired ends. In most cases, individual contributors signed up. They applied for the job. They volunteered their time. They choose every day to be there. So the first thing individual contributors bring is willingness. Willingness can be equated with motivation. We've talked about motivation in other episodes on this podcast. Motivation comes from the individual in question. It does not come from a manager or a leader. So individual contributors who are willing to show up every single day to contribute something provide the fuel, the will, to complement the organization's way. But willingness isn't enough. Any one of us can be willing to do a lot of things and still not be any good at them. So the second thing individual contributors bring to organizations is expertise. They provide the know-how to ensure things not only get done, but get done well. Expertise is the place where we rely on individual contributors more than anyone else. Think about your organization. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're trying to accomplish together, people who are good at that thing are the most valuable people in your organization. It's the people who know how to organize, or the people who know how the processes work, or the people who know how to navigate the systems, or the people who know different learning styles, or the people who know different properties of metal. They're the individuals who are the most valuable in the organization because without them, not only would we not be able to accomplish things, but we wouldn't be able to do them efficiently or at the level of expertise or quality that our customers would demand, whoever those customers might be. Expertise is critically important to any organization. No matter what we're doing, expertise enables us to get it done well. Finally, individual contributors bring perspective. They bring ideas. They bring understanding. But this, unlike willingness and expertise, is internal, not external. It's invisible, unless they contribute it out loud, which often requires someone else soliciting that from them. Think about your own experience. How many times have you had a good idea and not shared it? How many times have you known what to do and gone along with the status quo for one reason or another? Perspective, ideas, understanding are hard won. They happen through experience. They happen over the course of a career, over the course of a lifetime. Individual contributors often have those in great number, but unfortunately, they tend to be stored up and not shared more broadly because no one's ever given them an invitation to share them. That transitions us into thinking about things that managers and leaders need to do to relate to individual contributors and to ensure they have the avenues to bring the best parts of themselves to whatever our cause is on a day-to-day basis. The first thing managers and leaders must do with individual contributors is leave them alone. Way too often in organizations, we see individual contributors being pressured, pressured to take on more responsibility. Pressure to take on management responsibility, pressure to move up in an organization, or being told that their career is going to stall unless they do something different, or unless they take on another job, or they move to a different department. Leave these folks alone. If they're great at what they do, and they're doing it well, and they're continuing to do it well, there's no reason for them to have to move into another area of the organization. There's no reason for them to have to quote-unquote move up and become a manager or do something different than what they've done in the past in order for their career to be more fulfilling or better. Most of the time, when people are being asked to do those kinds of things, it's in the company's best interests, not in the individual contributor's best interests. It's one thing to introduce possibilities to an individual, And that's great. We want to introduce people to possibilities. We want them to understand that there's an opportunity or that there's a pathway, that there are many ways that they could take and that those ways might, in fact, be fulfilling for them. But continuing to present those and continuing to pressure and continuing to insinuate that there's one best way for them to move forward. And it's a way that we as managers and leaders know or the organizations expect and not the individual him or her or their self is absolutely ridiculous. It's disrespectful even. So it's important to just leave those folks to what they want to do. It's important to get out of their way. Another thing that we need to leave them alone about is their expertise. These folks have spent a career, even a lifetime, building their expertise, getting to the point where they're subject matter experts, being better at something than anyone else in the organization, sometimes better than anyone else in the world, depending on the application, and we're trying to tell them what to do or how to do it. It should be the other way around most of the time. So just because we happen to be managers or leaders in an organization doesn't mean we know the best way to do something. In fact, someone else probably has a much better idea how to do that than we do, and it's our job to make sure that we're asking and then getting out of the way for these folks who have compiled this expertise and who have developed it over time in a way that says, we respect what you've done, we respect how you do it, and so tell us what the best thing is. Tell us, based on your accumulated knowledge, your accumulated experience, your accumulated interactions with not only other people in this organization, but also our customers or our stakeholders. What should we be doing differently or better? And make sure that something that they have a chance to contribute, not just one time or in a forum or the one question and answer event that we have each year, but consistently and over time. The second thing is related to that. We want to leave them alone to do the things that they're best at, but we also need to respect and nurture and appreciate their expertise. So it's not just about saying, hey, we're going to get out of your way and let you do it however you want to do it. It's about saying, we really appreciate the fact that you have dedicated your career and in some ways dedicated your life to the aims of this organization and that it's rewarded you accordingly. You're doing something that satisfies you and keeps you engaged and something that you're motivated to do every day. But people don't hear nearly often enough that what they're doing is respected, that what they're doing is something we appreciate thinking about how that person is recognized for what they do and the contributions that they make, it's critically important for us to nurture that and to provide pathways forward to that. The best organizations that I work with have pathways for their individual contributors. They have pathways for people who are subject matter experts so that it's not forced upon them to do something that they either don't want to do or don't feel like they would be very good at. They can continue to develop their expertise. They can continue to become even more expert at the thing that they're good at and do things like develop patents or teach classes or ensure that we're doing things in the best possible ways, whether it's a process or anything else, because it's respected, because it's appreciated, because we're nurturing it as opposed to saying, well, if you're not going to be a manager, then you're never going to get another raise while you're here. Finally, we need to ask for their input and then critically implement their input. Again, these are folks who spent a career, even a lifetime, getting good at the thing that they're good at. Why would we not ask them what they think? Of course we want to make sure that they have input on whatever our process is, whatever the goal we're trying to achieve is. And even if they're not the kinds of people who think about it 30 years into the future... They have the lessons of the past 30 years. And one of the best ways to think about the future is what's the trajectory we've been on? Because if we know the pathway that we've been on, we know where that road is headed, or at least we can discern where that road is headed. And who better qualified to do that than someone who's been an expert in that place for their whole career, for the decades that they've been there? And even if they haven't been there for decades, what's the accumulated experience that they've had? Maybe it's only five years, but they still need to be asked about it. They still need to be solicited for that. And then their ideas need to be valued. It's not that we have to implement every single idea they have because that's not going to be possible, but their ideas are going to be informed ideas. They're going to be ideas that are based on what would make this job easier to do, what would serve our customers or our stakeholders better, what would get us to a better outcome faster or more affordably the practicality of their input is invaluable. So why would we not solicit that kind of input from someone who has done so much to not only contribute to the organization through, again, their willingness and their expertise, but also someone who's generated enough experience to know and or who has seen these things in the past because obviously they've seen something like this before. You often see people who are in this position getting a little bit jaded or like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. But part of the reason why they do that is because they've see a phenomenon that they've encountered in the past and now they're seeing it repeated and they weren't asked to contribute. They weren't asked for their input. And so now they're seeing it again and we're repeating the mistakes of the past or we're Approaching an intersection where we could do something differently than the way we've always done it. They have a viewpoint on how we could do that, how it could be better. But because they've never been asked, they just say, okay, we're going to follow the leader's input. We're going to do what the company tells us to do. Because again, they're showing up with that willingness, they're showing up with that motivation. And they're showing up with their expertise so they know they can do it and they can work around whatever's put in front of them. But why would we want to have obstacles of our own creation? One of the best things we can possibly do is say to the people who are actually encountering the obstacles, what would it take to get rid of this? What would it take to avoid this in the first place? The three things that we need to do as managers and leaders to relate to individual contributors is leave them alone, respect nurture and appreciate their expertise and ask for their input and then to the degree that it's possible, implement their input. You will see people rise to the occasion over and over and over again if you do those three things. Those people do not need to be pushed into a management position. They do not need to be asked to move to a different part of the company. They need to be valued in what they're doing and they need to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves, they start with that as the default. Our job as managers and leaders is to make sure that we nurture that so they always feel that every time they walk in the door. Insubordinate episodes release weekly on Tuesday mornings. If you found this episode helpful, please consider rating or writing a review for the podcast or sharing it with a friend. As always, resources to help you are listed in the program notes. Until next time, Stay with the program.